Welcome back to the latest edition of the Missouri Valley Football Conference Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Llewellyn, and alongside me here is, again, once again, for the past or third time of the season, Jake Fogel, sports reporter here at the Vedette. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing all right, John. I appreciate the pats on the back. It's just a love pat on the back. Yeah, we, we got John Barless here, too, editor-in-chief here at the Vedette. Hello. John. What's happening? Not much. We're back for our, uh, what is this, our fourth podcast now? Fourth? Oh, is it fourth? I, I think thought... it might be our fourth or wow. fifth one now, I'm pretty sure. I think this is this may be our fourth one. I'm but, uh, yeah, I, fourth probably. I think uh, I'm, fourth, so. I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good, Blaine. Thanks for asking me, buddy. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to analyze here this week. Missouri Valley Conference football started this week. The matchups were some pretty good matchups this week, I would say. We have to start off with our hometown birds, though. The Redbirds taking a putrid 37-3 loss, to lightly put it, to North Dakota State, top-ranked North Dakota State, with their 26th straight victory. Fellas, what did you see from the birds? I, I mean, it was it was just a rough rough sight to watch up there in the press box. Putrid is, is not the word to fully describe the disappointment that I feel. I, I felt... Uh, last week, I know we kind of went into this game thinking that they were going to lose, but not necessarily by, you know, a margin of 34 points. I agree. And North Dakota State absolutely just tearing the them apart the entire game from quarter to quarter, from down to down. North Dakota State proved they are the most dominant team in the Valley, if not the FCS at this point in time. They're still undefeated. They're rolling through the entire conference right now. And ISU looked like a Little League team compared to them. I really do believe Brady didn't look that great once again. The offense was really struggling. The defense was really, really, you know, it was hard for them to contain this North Dakota State offense. And it showed on the field, and they took a terrible loss, and that's not that's not really great for the Birds. It's going to be a big setback for them moving forward. I am as equally displeased as John is. Um, this, Yeah, we were a little hurt coming in this game. North Dakota State, you can't say they aren't the best team in the Missouri Valley Conference, but three points. Three points. That probably hurts a little bit more than anything, That's those horrible. three points. That is horrible. Brady Davis, coming off such a successful game against Northern Arizona, they had a decent defense. He can't even remember those stats with how horrible he played. <laughs> but Over 400 yards for Brady in that NAU game. Two tutties. Uh, North Dakota State now touts. That number one offense in the Valley right now. I was going to say, I remember the good old days, but I wish I could. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, North Dakota State just completely dominated. 482 total yards of offense compared to ISU's 200 total yards of offense. Um, ISU just could not get anything going on either side of the ball. Losing, or they had three fumbles, lost one. They, They just really had just a terrible game overall. And I, it really is disappointing. I know the players were disappointing in the, or disappointed in the post game press conference. Coach Spack obviously disappointed. North Dakota State guys were very confident. Uh, they said that they were extremely confident coming in. They knew what it took to take down an ISU team that, you know, pe- I think people thought would have a better performance than this, especially at home. They, you know, Hancock Stadium, as we've said numerous times, is a tough place to play. So, for any FCS football team, and that. North Dakota State just came in and just railed ISU. I absolutely um, in front of a sold out crowd too. Yeah, on family weekend, crowd crowd right out of it at the beginning of the game, and I mean you just can't really rebound from that. A fumble on the first drive sets up a very quick North Dakota State touchdown. 
Uh, it turns into a quickly turns into a sixteen to three deficit after the first quarter, and you just you just really can't rebound against a team as good as the Bison with that kind of a start to to a home opener in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Three points in the first quarter, and nothing the rest of the game. I don't know what we talked about last week, but I do remember us discussing how important it was for that coaching staff to craft a game plan around those injury-ridden players. Obviously, the passing game wasn't going to be as impactful as it was in past weeks, especially with the loss of Taylor Grimes and Andrew Edgar going into this number one team kind of sort of game. James Robinson wasn't really need to be seen. He's still ranked number two in the Valley Rushing uh, Valley Rushing stats right now. He's got a total of 526 yards, just below South Dakota State's Pierre Strong. I think they could have utilized James a little bit more, but that North Dakota State defense was one to remember in that sort of game. I mean, when when North Dakota State got out to that big lead, you couldn't really you didn't you couldn't really especially in the second half you couldn't afford to rush the football. You're right, and you know waste time away against a team like that. But at the same time. They really weren't having any success through the air. Brady Davis only had 121 yards passing. James did did find some success. He he was really the only bright spot on offense. 94 uh, rushing yards on 20 attempts. So, I think they should have still fed the ball to James. I mean that's that was really the only chance that they had to somewhat get back into the game. And I think one thing you really need to look at, you need to analyze this as well is. A 37 to 3 loss is much different than a 37 to 17 loss when you're talking about FCS uh, playoff implications. Uh, they, I mean, the committee says that they look at the scores, the the margin of victory, the margin of loss. So if you lose 37 to 3, that's going to look so much worse than a 37 to 10, 37 to 17, anything like that, any sort of loss like that, where at least you're putting up a touchdown or two against the the bison there so this game's gonna haunt isu the rest of the year and it's gonna show uh i think in games moving forward um this is gonna be one that they're gonna cling on to for a little bit i think a couple weeks this one's gonna sting especially as big of a loss as they took uh but fogel i do have a question for you do you think isu is able to bounce back in these next few weeks judging from this huge loss before i answer that question uh correct me if i'm wrong uh isu was first coming into last week's game in rushing defense right I believe so. Um, I think so too. Let me double they, check before you. Well, if they weren't, they were definitely top two. I yeah, they your first. Yeah, they dropped all the way to sixth in the out of the ten teams. You, that, I I'm speechless. Honestly, you let up. I think it was 106 to their top runner, and then 40 yards for, I think four different players. It just. It's I'm a just, tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to segue from that. Do Brady Davis only 121 yards, eight for 20. I I just noticed this. He had six rushing attempts for negative 23 yards. Oh God! I remember when we called him a dual threat, but <laughs> it just. Good God. They, but the the offensive line for the Redbirds did not look good at all. The defensive line was just absolutely dominated by the offensive line of the Bison. They just could not get any pressure on Trey Lance. Trey Lance had a very Trey Lance is very impressive as a freshman quarterback. He's very poised back there in the pocket. He is one of those stereotypical dual threat quarterbacks that you want in college football. He he has success on the ground. He's actually, I believe he's sixth. He's in the top ten. I don't know if he's sixth. He's in the he used to be sixth. He's in the top ten in rushing yards in the Missouri Valley 
football conference as a quarterback. So, I mean, that's, that's just impressive in itself. They had a great running attack going. They had some some newer guys, some newer wideouts that hadn't necessarily contributed that much, had some pretty good games. So they they really just had a really well-polished performance overall there on the road on family day at Hancock. Trey Lance turns your head, especially in a game like this. He's sitting at number nine in rushing in the Valley right now as a quarterback, but you're still pretty good there. Uh, he's also fifth in passing, just one spot below Brady Davis somehow, probably from that 400-yard game at NAU. I'm not really sure how he, Trey Lance. He, he does have 12 touchdowns. He does. Though, he and does. Brady Davis only has four. That's. So. I mean, you. He has and the six, most touchdowns. Six rushing touchdowns. He has the well. most touchdowns in the valley with 12. That's that's a really big number to have. It doesn't really matter how many passing yards you have, but if you have 12 touchdowns, you're an impact player. And especially if you look at Brady Davis with only four touchdowns, that offense hasn't produced much in these past couple weeks when he's not doing good. And half of those touchdowns came in one week. That's kind of hard to look at, especially if you're ISU and you talk about the offensive line. We have a couple guys injured right now. I think Drew Himmelman's still hurt. Um, I'm not really sure on that, but I think I think also Garrett Hurst is also nursing some sort of injury on his wrist. Um, there's a lot of different factors into this ISU offense that sort of impede them from playing as well as they should. And I think moving forward, I think it's just the game plan now. I think Spack and his coaching staff, like I've said last week, have to work with what they have. I think they're trying to do too much with the personnel that they do have, and they're expecting a lot of their freshmen and a lot of their underclassmen to be those players that are filling in the shoes of those guys that have been here for three, four years. Taylor Grimes, however, impact freshman player, obviously he's going to be one of those guys going to be playing on that ISU core wide receiving for some time. But I think moving forward, it's going to be more of a coach's game than you know Brady Davis playing a little bit better than he should. And, you know, moving forward, they have that matchup with SIU. Um, I think that's a very favorable matchup for ISU. The Salukis are also coming off a tough loss against South Dakota State in which they were just dominated um, offensively. Pierre Pierre had 234 rushing yards, I believe, in that game. Pierre Strong for South Dakota State. Now number one in the Valley. Yeah, 551 total yards of rushing for the sophomore for the Jackrabbits. So... Um, moving on to that game, the South Dakota State game, like I said, very, very impressive performance there. They did struggle a little bit through the air, having just 96 total yards of passing, 10 for 15, Jay Bohr Gibbs, 10 for 15, 96 yards. He did throw three touchdowns, but I mean, you really didn't need that passing attack when you had Pierre Strong, 20 attempts, 234 one touchdown that's an 11.5 yard average that is just that's crazy and then you got cj wilson he had 55 yards and six carries mikey daniel eight attempts 27 yards so they they actually totaled 297 yards of rushing which i think is a very good sign for the for the redbirds going into this matchup with the salukis james robinson can really turn things that he can he can carry them i think what do you think fogel uh robinson i Definitely expect to carry them. But South Dakota State put on just a really good defensive performance against SIU. They do, they lost C.J. Davis. I know John would probably like to get into that. but I can't anymore. It hurts too much. <laughs> they, they definitely have options behind them, and South Dakota State just put that to a halt. Um, <clears throat> South Dakota State now ranks number one in rushing defense, taking that spot from Illinois State, which pains me to say, but... Uh, yeah, definitely a redemption for ISU against SIU. I think when you look at it, South Dakota State's got two rushers in the top ten in the Valley rushing stats. Uh, that says a lot 
You know who else has two rushers in the Valley Top 10 rushing stats? Youngston State, my team. But we're not going to talk about them yet. I'm really excited about them, Fogel. You know who else has uh, two rushers in the Top 10? Why don't you tell me? South Dakota State. Don't talk to me right now. I mean, we we really could jump into Youngstown State, John, if you want to talk about the Penguins. I do. How high you were on them. I do. A very tough 24-14 loss to Fogel and I's Northern Iowa Panthers. We were really confident in those Panthers, ranked number 10. Here in the FCS football polls, Youngstown State drops to number 19 at 4-1 and now in the season and 0-1 and in the conference. John, what happened to your Penguins? That's pitiful just because I thought we were friends and I thought you would, you know, Choose Youngston State with me, so the fact that you didn't, John, that hurts my feelings. Don't play us like that. I'm not. I'm not playing you like that. But look at let's let's look at the numbers here. They lose 21 14. That's a one touchdown deficit. That's not a terrible loss to a team that touts two MVFC players of the week and Joe Alessi, running back, who sits at number four in the Valley rushing stats right now. My guy, and Jay Coates, Youngston State punt returner. Alessi rushed for 146 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown in the Penguins that day. But when you also look at it as well, Youngston State's a team that is going to be resilient in this Valley Conference. They lose 4-1 to against your South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits are playing really well right now, and they have been for the past couple of weeks. But Youngston State's going to be a team that's going to show that resiliency. I'm, I'm sure of that, just because Alessi is playing his game right now. He sits at 6 in the Valley, actually. They also have, oh, excuse me, well, Alessi is as good as he has been so far. Nathan Mays is also playing pretty great right now. He's also leading in that rushing stats as well. And Youngstown State's going to be that team to show it when this comes up. Do you think the Penguins have a chance against the Jackrabbits here this week, a 5 p.m. matchup on Saturday? It is a home matchup for the Penguins, obviously. Um, Going on the road for any team in the Missouri Valley Football Conference is tough, as you saw with Youngstown State going to Northern Iowa. Do you think that they have a chance against South Dakota State? I think South Dakota State put up a great win against SIU, but SIU isn't that great of a team right now. I mean, we've kind of been telling them, uh, or we've been saying the past couple weeks, that their rushers have been that crutch to that sort of team. Uh, but when you look at the matchup this week against ISU, we've been saying that ISU is going to take this game. And we both believe that it's going to, or we all believe, I think it might happen pretty easily. Um, but I think South Dakota State is a real threat to Youngston State. I do believe that if Youngston State's able to use Alessi the way that they have been using in the past couple of weeks, I think it should be a closer game. Uh, but I'm not counting out South Dakota State whatsoever. They're a great team, and I think they're a real contender to take down North Dakota State this year. But if Youngston State can prove that they can beat South Dakota State, I'm I'm in it. I'm in for it. I I wanted to interject before we started making a prediction for next week. I'm still living uh, over this past score. Uh, you said they were down a one touchdown deficit, but throughout the entirety of the first four weeks, you were touting about the offensive uh, power from Youngstown State. Okay. Uh, okay. Why yeah, don't you, why, why don't you enlighten me here? Enlighten you? It, I think I can simplify it in one word. They, uh, th- Northern Iowa shut them down. They did three not words. shut them down. <laughs> they go from one to three. three. They're they're third in the offensive stats right now. You said they were one because their schedule wasn't that hard. I'll give you that. But they started off four and zero, and they lose to a team by one touchdown. Their first conference loss. Of course, you're going to go down a lot of spots in the FCS stats rankings if you lose your first conference game. I'm gonna I understand that I do, but I'm not bringing out Youngstown State's ability to move that ball into the end zone. That's all I'm saying. One to three isn't bad. Well, if you thought what Northern Iowa did was bad, I guess you don't think it was too bad. South Dakota State's going to put a whooping on them, I'm sure. Oh, God. We'll, we'll wait till the prediction until we get to that point. But just watch out for Youngson State. I have faith in Alessi. I have faith in that coaching staff. They're going to use them well. you got to really look at the total yards that Northern Iowa, like he said, <laughs> 334 total yards, man. 
235 pass yards, and Youngstown State only mustered 55 rushing yards. Listen, you're, you're sitting here yeah, talking listen, about the listen, offense. Listen, here. unless he had 28 yards. All I'm saying here, all I'm saying is that Youngstown State is going to be that team to show up when it matters most. You lose by a touchdown, that's fine. Their defense showed up against the UNI team that we've been touting the offense for weeks. You put up 21 points against a team that schedule hasn't been that great this year. That's a statement in itself. All I'm saying is Youngstown State's going to be able to show that resiliency going into this week. It, they may not win the game. I want them to win the game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to show that they can have bounce back potential. That's a, that's an understandable statement, but I think that another game that we have to point out here is obviously we talked about North Dakota State earlier on. North Dakota State will be hosting the 10th ranked Northern Iowa Panthers. Guys, do you think there is any shot that the Panthers at, at least give them a run for their money? I think we discussed that, you know, before we even started this podcast, as there's two teams that we feel like North Dakota State, uh, or that two teams that can give North Dakota State a run for their money is you and I was one of them. Um, you know, you do have that win against my Penguins. Uh, I'm trying to not let my fandom get in the way of what I truly feel about this. But if there's going to be a team to take down NDSU right now, I think it's North Dakota, or not North, you uh, and I. Um, I think they're in the best position to give North Dakota State a great game. And I hope that we see uh, the top seed fall sooner rather than later. I think I would be uh, more keen to see a team that absolutely destroyed ISU lose the week after. So I'm kind of pulling for you and I in this one. Well, of course, we want to see that team go down. But I think it's going to be later rather than sooner. As I have been saying this for weeks now, South Dakota State is going to be that team. I, I mean, I love hyping up Northern Iowa, but the the Bison are just going to be too much to handle. And they're, I mean, they're really tough over there in Fargo at home in that dome. I mean, obviously Northern Iowa also plays in a dome, but you can't you can't overlook the fact that they're playing at home there in North Dakota. Um, I, I really don't think that they'll be able to pull it out. I I would agree with Fogel on this one. South Dakota State really does have the best chance. I believe South Dakota State hosts North Dakota State. If I'm I th- is that right, Fogel? So, yeah. Later in the season. So I think that that'll be the best chance for any team to knock off North Dakota State. But I think Northern Iowa will give them a run for their money. It will be a close game, close matchup. That defense slowing down the rushing attack of North Dakota State is really going to give them problems. Trey Lance is going to be tested a little bit like he was against UC Davis a couple weeks ago. So sure. I really, I'm really confident in the Panthers to – to give North Dakota State a good game, if anything. I think that I agree with you as well. I do think UNI is going to be one of those teams to sort of give NDSU that game they've been looking for all season. Um, I do agree with Jake. I think South Dakota State may be that team because it usually turns out that South Dakota State is that team to contend with North Dakota State when it's all said and done. Uh, One thing to keep in mind, though, all they have in North Dakota is Fargo and the Black Hills and football. That's, That's all they have. These fans travel. No matter where North Dakota State's going to go, I don't know if you guys saw uh, on Family Weekend on Saturday, there was a lot of NDSU fans there There at Hancock Stadium. These fans live for this team, and that culture is why they're so good. That's why they're almost untouchable in the Valley right now. But if there's going to be a team that's able to take them, I think it's going to be UNI or South Dakota State. I hope that UNI gives them a game, but I do truly believe North Dakota's going to take this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I, I would agree with you on that. North Dakota is definitely going to take this one. But Northern Iowa is a sleeper team here in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. I think that they could make some noise in the playoffs. Even if they don't knock the Bison off, you could maybe look at them 
later in the season in the playoffs to pull off an upset or two. Another team that is kind of coming out of the shadows a little bit here, and I, I mean, Fogel, Fogel will tell you that this they shouldn't be considered coming out of the shadows because he thinks that they're a solid team, but we got South Dakota knocking off Indiana State 38 to 0. I'm not going to speak on 38 this. 38 to 0. Fogel, what what Tell are you us. thinking? I'm glad you're not going to speak on this cuz well, I I can get you to speak on this. Uh South Dakota Try. Uh man alive. I I can I'll brag a little bit. I called this last week. Uh Indiana State going through a couple things with quarterback situation, but Austin Simmons uh I think him and Trey Lance are definitely uh, going at it for best quarterback in the Missouri Valley Conference. But I'm going to make another bold prediction while we're here. I, I think South Dakota might be able to go on a 5-1 to one run real quick. Uh, their next five matchups include Missouri State. I think they'll drop to Northern Iowa. But then they have Southern Illinois, Western Illinois, and then uh, the Penguins of Youngstown State. Uh, yeah, they're not on a high note. And, oh, while we're making predictions, I bet South Dakota has a better record than the Youngstown State. How dare you say that to me in this podcast right now? I got right the now. talk. How got dare got you? Talk. So, if we're going to be making end-of-season predictions right now, you, you truly believe that South Dakota is going to end up with a better record than Youngston? Um, yeah, I'll make that prediction. You know what? As much as I like to say that I love Youngston State, it's hard for me to sort of be this fan that I want to be for them just because their schedule as was as easy as it was. I'm not counting them out. It's so early in the Valley to tell what team is going to be on top because we all know how this conference is. It's... We've been saying this for the past couple of weeks, and I've been saying it for a solid year and a half now. It's just such a meat-grinding valley. And these teams beat up on each other all, all the rest of the year after those four tune-ups. It's, it's over after that. Those non-conference matchups don't mean anything unless you have a 4-0 record. I can kind of say that for Youngstown State as well. They start off 4-0 against non-conference, against Robert Morris. Fine, whatever. That's okay. You start conference play against you and I, you lose by a touchdown. That's not the worst way to start a valley play. That's... It's too early to tell what's going on, uh, but I think we can kind of see who these clear-cut winners are after this first week of Valley play, and that is NDSU, and that is South Dakota State. So I think those two teams to be looking out for, and you and I too. So, I, I mean, I would have to agree with you to some extent on that, but you do have to look at the two schedules between the two teams. South Dakota has a much easier schedule here on out. Uh, obviously, we mentioned that Youngstown State plays South Dakota State um, coming up here. They also have to play North Dakota State. That is a home game, but they do have to play North Dakota State. They do have to play ISU also. They play at South Dakota. Um, I, I just think that that'll, that'll be – I think that's too tough of a schedule for them to overcome compared to South Dakota here in the, in the future. I'm starting to notice uh, a lot of Youngstown State's big matchups are at home. Uh, I'd like to wonder why that is. I mean, North Dakota State, South Dakota State – Illinois State, I mean, they don't get to play at home against South Dakota. They'll win against ISU. They, they'll win against ISU at home. I uh, the last couple the last couple years ISU did beat YSU, but I I just think this year is a little bit of a different story just because ISU is playing the way that they have been, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. But I, yeah, I mean, like you said, you never know what will happen later on here in the season. Another matchup, maybe the best or at least the closest matchup of the week last week. Missouri State taking a triple overtime victory, 37-31 at Western Illinois. We have these two teams still sitting at 9-10 and 10 in our power rankings. Missouri State has moved from 10-9. to 9. 
up one spot. You, you got to at least give that to him, Fogel. It's our first win. Congrats to they moved up a spot. <laughs> and probably not move up any more spots. Very entertaining game. Uh, three overtimes. You're not going to get a much better competition. Or, I mean, just something to watch, uh, especially with the matchups this past week. Youngstown State and Northern Iowa probably gave a good matchup compared to that as well. But uh, I, the kick return didn't really go to plan. <laughs> as I predicted last week, so you really had a feeling went, last week too. You win didn't some, you? you lose some. But uh, Missouri State is taking on uh, who we got here. Missouri State's taking on South, South Dakota. Dakota. So oh, I South Dakota. So you'll take, take you'll easily. take South Dakota. I think I see another goose egg. As far as the the toilet bowl of MVFC matchups this week, this Missouri State and Western Illinois. I mean, Western Illinois is still winless. I, I it's a triple overtime of the worst two teams in the conference. If you got nothing better to do. Yeah, yeah you, check, could, you could watch it. ESPN, you could ESPN check it out on ESPN Plus if you have an account. You could sign up. Um, but it's so hard to tell with these two teams just because they have been as bad as they have pretty much the entire season. I mean, like I said, Western's still winless, and Missouri State just got their first win. Um, there's not really much to say with yeah. that. I mean, it's kind of hard to even tell. Uh, they're, they're nowhere on the stats list. They're, they're a blip uh, in the radar right now, and it's we'll see how it turns out for them at the end of it all. Another team that is really struggling, obviously, as we mentioned, dropped a 38-0 matchup against Missouri State, is Indiana State, who will host Western Illinois this week at noon. Um, we have, or we have, excuse me, Indiana State at number eight, one slot above Missouri State. John, do you think Indiana State will turn things around once they get some of their guys back? You here? know, their offense right now is ranked fifth in the Valley. Uh, they're putting up at least 907 yards total right now and 181 per game. That's not super terrible. I mean, a lot of teams do worse. Look at Missouri State. They're barely averaging 76 yards per game. Uh, you sit right in the middle of the pack. I think your offense has a shot to put something together in that kind of game, that sort of game going into that matchup. Uh, but if you look at their defense, they're at eight right now. They let up 172 yards. Uh, they have let up 10 touchdowns. That's third most in the Valley and 180 or sorry, 860 yards too. Uh, there's just a lot of downside to this defense. Um, I think that's probably going to be their Achilles heel going into this matchup this week. Um, maybe their offense kind of contradicts that. Uh, but at the same time, defense wins you championships. So we'll see what happens this week too. Um, Indiana state has got to figure out their offense, especially dropping that goose egg to, South Dakota, but I mean, South Dakota's up on the up-and-coming, so uh, Western Illinois, I mean, they put on a good performance against Missouri State, and I mean, it's, that's probably going to be their best performance throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Indiana State should be able to bounce back, but without a, like a, a quarterback who's like been there, I think it, they're going to struggle. You know, outside, the outside of that, Obviously, we do have a little bit of changes. We have Northern Iowa at number three in our power rankings over Youngstown State just because they got that victory. That's, that's deserving. I, I won't be a fan over that. So Yeah, but, I mean, you, you got to give it to them just because no, they got, I agree the, with got you. the 21-14 win. Um, we do still have ISU at number five. Indiana State, like we mentioned, has dropped all the way down to number eight, and we have South Dakota at number six. Do you guys see any major changes after this week's games in our power rankings for next week? All I got to say is that if we do have ISU at five, is it just because they have a winning record at this point? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you, st- you still got to give it to them. They do have that nice win over Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona sure. is no slouch. Um, but at the same time, you have to consider the injuries that they they have right now. You don't really know what kind of product they're going to put on the field against a team like SIU. They do have a favorable matchup against Western Illinois the week following. So, yeah, I think you got to sit ISU at number five here. If South Dakota still continues to impress, you know, we can kind of move them up a little bit in the power rankings. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. South Dakota is going to be on the rise, as I previously argued with John on that. Mm-hmm. Um, big matchup, I think it's going to be Illinois State. If Illinois State can't get it done against Southern Illinois, and it's duly in part to Brady Davis, I think you got to start looking at some backup options. I mean, this is promised change, and you can't deliver. It's just it's, it's kind of getting sad to this point. But... I mean, South Dakota more than likely won't move up this week because they're facing Missouri State. Missouri State should go back into their little uh, hole. That I mean, un- unless ISU drops their game yeah, um, or or another team kind of kind of falls a little bit. But, yeah, other than that, I think that's really all we have for you guys today. Be sure to check us out here on vedetteonline.com. We will be posting this podcast tomorrow, Thursday. Um, other than that, Follow us on Twitter, Vedette underscore sports, and that's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening.